selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Hey everybody, welcome to Redacted on this Tuesday. I'm Clayton Morris. I'm Natalie Morris. And on this show we cut through the propaganda that the mainstream media piles all over you like spaghetti pouring down the walls and hoping stuff will stick so that you aren't paying attention to what's really happening in the world. Like, hey, we've got a banking crisis. Um, we are literally almost at war with Russia. But hey, let's all talk about Donald Trump. That's the main focus of the mainstream media. But we're not going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about the fact that NATO wants to put 300,000 troops on the eastern border of of Russia uh, in Ukraine. And while China at the same moment is actually talking peace with Putin in Moscow, the United States is doing everything it can to sabotage peace talks. Uh, meanwhile, the State Department released an updated report on Ukraine and corruption in that state. Now, this is something they do every year, but they have significantly edited it to make you think that corruption in Ukraine is just one of those things. Just a small you thing. You know, he did it too it's kind low, of thing. low down on the list. We're going to show you some of the ways they've edited this to continue to, I guess, turn our heads away from corruption there so we continue to open our wallets uh, as Western citizens. And it's pretty crazy. Have they gone back? I just, I know this is throwing us off, off track a little bit, but has the state, because if you go to the State Department's website, we've covered this on the show, it shows you and lists in detail all of the corruption and human rights abuses in detail from you know, 2019, 2020. Uh, now, have they gone back and tried to clean that stuff up? Do it we know? It still exists. I've read back reports for the last four years, and they have not back edited as far as I can tell, okay. but they have significantly changed the language. It reads very much like, you know, when you tell your kid, like, you know, stop kicking your sister, and they're like, but she kicked me first, but they're doing it too. It's yeah. like, that is the argument. It's like, yeah, there's bad things. They do bad things. Russia does them too, just so you know. Uh, it's an amazing sort of um, big pile of excuses is what it is. We're also going to look at the Fed meeting tomorrow. And what does this mean for the U.S. economy? Will we go into a major recession or a depression? Those like those are literally our two choices this morning. So we'll break down what the Fed's painted into a back corner choices are tomorrow. And we're going to look at the filet of Fauci. When you go to McDonald's, have you ordered a filet of Fauci? 
No, I don't want that. Well, now we're going to show you some video, which I think rises to the level of a filet of Fauci. All of that and more as Redacted starts right now. Welcome everybody to your your humble your humble show here your humble little news show that we hope uh, brings you a lot of value and uh, we try to bring you a daily newsletter every morning that you can get for free. All you need to do is sign up by going to redacted.inc. It's totally free. You won't spend a penny on it. You just sign up with your email. You'll receive a welcome email. You have to verify that though with your email provider. Otherwise, they'll think you're spam. Might go to your spam folder. So just drag it over, click verify, and then tomorrow morning. At about 6.30, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, you'll receive the newsletter. We cover about four or five of the big stories of the day. Um, a lot of the stuff that the mainstream media covers over or doesn't want you to see. Natalie does a lot of great writing on this newsletter. And uh, we cover uh, the markets, what's going on with gold and silver. And you can read it in about five, ten minutes over your cup of coffee. And it kind of kickstarts your day. Again, totally free. But it's a great way for us to stay connected with you because censorship is rife on these big tech platforms, on YouTube specifically. Uh, we've been banned about four times now on this platform. And uh, the only way we're able to connect with you is through email because they won't let us post any community posts. They won't let us do anything. So you get a great newsletter. Plus, if anything happens to us, we'll be able to communicate with you. So again, redacted.inc is the place to go. Yeah. I was thoroughly impressed with the dancing skier this morning. I watched that GIF over and over. Oh, yeah. That was very impressive. So, uh, yeah, I added that in because, well, so Natalie had the story in the newsletter this morning about Gwyneth Paltrow, who was on a, some sort of a skiing trip, and she's being sued because, what, she, like, hit somebody in the head with a ski well, and he kept, said kept on going? that she was skiing recklessly and ran into him. She says he ran into her. Uh, so they are countersuing one another for injury and distress. Hmm. Um, I missed the gif though. What was it was I just I chose a funny funny skier gif who was oh. doing like uh I don't know, like spinning spinning pirouettes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I was so. just thinking did, that did Go did, ahead. did Natalie just admit she didn't read the newsletter this morning? I know. What the I hell? didn't see the image. The newsletter that you wrote? <laughs> anyway. I wrote it, but sometimes I miss the images when it comes through. I just kind of scan through and make sure, did I did I get everything right? Is there? Sometimes I see typos because uh, we don't have editors. It's just us together, and sometimes we miss some things. And I get your emails when you catch them. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway. I, you know, that story made me feel like there's no more American story out there. Like, famous actress... Park City, Utah, skiing. being sued over skiing. Like, you know, I mean, I've skied a couple times in Europe and I met, I many times wanted to ski, sue fellow skiers for skiing recklessly around my baby. Um, but yeah. that's not what you do in other countries. You don't litigate. <laughs> No, no. Uh, so that's some of the, the fun you get in the newsletter. Anyway, redacted.inc. All right, let's get to your top story today. And I have a question for you. I want to kick this off with a question. Uh, is the United States doing anything it can right now to torpedo peace talks between Russia and Ukraine? Um, 
I'll just answer it for you. The answer is yes. Um, just look what happened over the past 48 hours. Chinese President Xi Jinping in Moscow in talks with Vladimir Putin. They spoke for about four hours yesterday. Talks continue today. And one of the things they're laying out is a 12-point plan. Chinese 12-point plan for peace in Ukraine. And Putin is on board with this plan. We already know this. They're already open to it. They've publicly said this. So they're sort of working on the peace agreement with Ukraine. And then... What's the U.S. and NATO response to this? This is the response. NATO considering deployment of up to 300,000 troops on the border with Russia. <laughs> NATO announces they're putting 300,000 troops on high alert and according to Politico, ready to send them to eastern Ukraine uh, with Russia uh, I don't know. Did you guys sign up for this? Here is the here's the quote from Politico. Politico uh, writes that NATO military leaders are to submit updated regional defense plans. Alliance officials are putting forward the idea that its borders with Russia should be guarded by up to 300,000 troops. The news outlet reports not just like on alert. No, you're going you're going there. You will guard this territory. You're not. It's not just something you're going to talk about. We will send you there. It's noted so, that the first <laughs> echelon of NATO troops may consist of about 100,000 troops, which are already deployed in Europe. So if you think, well, how are they going to get 300 there? Well, they already have 100,000 ready to go in Europe already. And this would be just another 2,000 on top of that. Go ahead, David. So what you're saying is they're going to put soldiers on the border of Russia in all the NATO countries, but then there's going to be this long void in Ukraine. Yeah, right. Well, so that's why they'll, they'll fast track Ukraine NATO membership, yeah. right? Now right. they're now they're a member. Right? Now they're a member. And by the way, can we just stop with the charade? Like I was thinking about this today. Maybe we need to take a stand. I remember growing up, I was listening to a radio station and the radio DJ just went on the air and he said, "Look, can we I'm just I'm never going to play another Milli Vanilli." So it was something like that. Like he just took a stand. Okay. <laughs> it was it was kind of a funny moment, right? So the radio station was like, "We're done. We're never playing this, you know, again." You want redacted to not play any more Milli Vanilli? I want us to never play Milli Vanilli on this show again. No, what I want us to do is stop pretending that Ukraine has an army anymore. Stop pretending that when we hear about these attacks in Crimea overnight, which we did, and attacks on rail infrastructure in Crimea, that Ukraine is doing it. Let's all just say from now on out, it's NATO. It's NATO and it's the United States that we are, are carrying sort of, out these attacks. Uh, in the in the spirit of not misgendering, right? Uh, we are we are no longer going to um, misnationalize, right? This army. Ukraine doesn't have an army anymore. So the idea that they're carrying out precision attacks on rail targets inside of Crimea on missile depots, like, let give me a break. No one is buying this They don't this even anymore. know how to work the weapons. Right. We, and they want, they, want, they want F-16s that we're going to send them. They don't have an air force. The, who is, it's just a charade at this point. So I'm done with it. I'm not going to say it anymore. From now on out, it's not Ukraine attack this. It's NATO and the United States attack this. That's what we're doing on this show from now on. Okay. So China is in Russia right now talking peace. Um, let's end this war on Ukraine. That's what they want. Here is the United States response. Again, not just the troops, but here is the other response, which is send them more weapons. Biden administration announced yesterday that we are going to send in Ukraine this, uh, more weapons. That the same moment they're talking peace, here it is, $300 million new weapons package for Ukraine. Ammunition for HIMARS, 155 millimeter artillery rounds. 
which we can't even produce anymore and make quickly enough, as uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor has pointed out on our show. Like, where are we going to get this stuff from? Right. All of this grenade launchers, demolition munitions and equipment for obstacle clearing, mine clearing equipment. Get it on there. This is in addition to this is part of the four hundred and fifty billion dollar aid bill um, from that Congress already pulled in December. So they've already allocated this money, more money, more weapons. Is that removing the mines that they themselves planted? <laughs> uh, good, a good question. question. Like the ones in the Black Sea. Yeah. Right. Because Russia didn't do that. Like where, Russia's running into Ukraine, planting mines, then leaving. Right. Yeah. There was also a video this week we saw of actual uh, of Ukrainians planting mines on their own dead soldiers. Saw a video of that this week. So maybe they have to go through and actually clear out their own dead soldiers that are now filled with mines on top of that. And 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 do that as part of the mine clearing operation. I mean, the, the rhetoric between the two leaders, uh, President Xi Jinping and President Putin, is NATO aggression. They continue to use this as the reason that they need to make an alliance, um, and this is proving them right. So there's no there's no way around it. This talking point of NATO aggression continues to be validated. Yeah, exactly. Right. So three hundred thousand troops, more more money and more weapons <laughs> the very same day. It's like you're. It's like you're giving them literal verbal ammunition, right? Yes. And add on all of that, at the same time they're talking peace in Russia, add on top of that, Tony Blinken, dipshit Tony Blinken yesterday, Secretary of State, making this announcement about China's peace initiative. Watch. And a ceasefire now, without a durable solution, would allow President Putin to rest and refit his troops and then restart the war at a time more advantageous to Russia. The world should not be fooled by any tactical move by Russia, uh, supported by China or any other country, to freeze the war on its own terms. Such a move would violate the UN Charter and delay, uh, defy, excuse me, the will of 141 countries who have condemned Russia's war in the United Nations General Assembly. Yeah. Now, wouldn't that, you know, they can rest up and be stronger argument also cut both ways? Because Ukraine is not winning. And so if there were any ceasefire, it could also, by that logic, work to the advantage of the West to make the weapons they no longer have, to rest the troops, to resupply uh, the ground force. Right. Um, so, you know, someone should call them out on the fact that, it, uh, yes, that's bullshit, what he's saying. It's total right. bullshit. And it's almost the exact same sentence that John Kirby said over the weekend on Face the Nation. Oh, the exact same phrasing. Yeah, yes. Exactly. So, yes, we call out that it's bullshit. But also, if we're just going to be a member of the press and follow the logic for an exercise in futility, you should say, wouldn't Ukraine also get to rest? Wouldn't people get to stop dying for a little bit? Wouldn't that be advantageous? Right. So don't fall for it is what he's saying. Don't fall for this this propaganda. They can't rest because they're going to get stronger. But by that logic, the other team gets stronger, too. I mean, I know how the World Series works. What's a, Right. Exactly. You get a day off. Well, oh, now there's a chance that you could actually get your pitcher, the good starting pitcher back again. Right. You get that extra day off thanks to rain. Wow, this changes everything in the world. So series. only one side rests yeah. in a ceasefire and the other side, what, gets to like pretend they're in that gung-ho movie? Well, and it's ridiculous because what he's saying is we're going to go, we would go back. The idea is we want to go back to pre-war lines, right? Eastern Ukraine, Donbass goes back to being Ukrainian and you can continue to kill all the people in, in, in the Donbass with continued shelling and carry out your genocide, which you've been doing for nine years. Continue that, right? That's the goal of the United States is to move those lines back again. They had a chance to do that. They had a chance to do that back when we were having peace talks and Turkey uh, was laying out that plan. At that point, 
those territorial lines were still intact. But then the United States, of course, and Britain stepped in and torpedoed that whole peace talk. So here's their second chance at torpedoing peace talks. That's exactly what they're doing. And now they've lost more territory. So if they continue this, the next stage is going to be the capture of Kiev, right? The capital of Ukraine. And then it's game over. And then there's no territory left at all to, 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 to be talking about. Which the Western media has told you the war has been in Kiev all along and it hasn't been. Um, you know, they pretended that it was in the center of, of the country. And then the New York Times ran pieces saying, look, they're kind of back last summer. Like right. Cafes are back open. The, the ground force has not come there. The attack has not well, come there yet. The only time it comes Isn't there is when President Biden. Biden yeah, exactly. You were on the same wavelength. The only time <laughs> yeah. that the war is there is when President Biden showed up a few weeks ago. Suddenly there were air raid sirens. When Angelina like, oh, Jolie that. was there, they had her running through as well, through the city, out of a cafe and oh, and that Sean kind Penn, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all mm -hmm. that stuff. So um, just for some context here, the United States, just to under, so we understand what we're talking about here, the U.S. pushed for the death and destruction of Ukraine, using U Ukraine as a proxy the entire time. The goal is the total collapse of Ukraine so that NATO will use the land as a proxy for Russian containment. Which that, would basically make Ukraine an aircraft carrier yes, for its it. war with the East. That's all they want. Case closed. The U.S. doesn't give a shit about the Ukrainian people. If it did, then it wouldn't have provoked a war with Russia. And more context on that, the Pentagon runs 46 biolabs in Ukraine. George Soros, Vanguard, BlackRock now own most of the land in Ukraine. The United States used Ukraine to test out and roll out the first digital ID system that is now trackable and controlled by the government. Microsoft now runs all of Ukraine's government on its servers. The U.S. owns Ukraine. From soup to nuts, and there are some nuts that we own now in that country. Total destruction of Ukraine is has been the plan. And using Ukrainians was always the plan in order for us to take full control of this country. Remember Congressman Adam Schiff explaining this plan. Watch. The United States aids Ukraine and her people so that we can fight Russia over there and we don't have to fight Russia here. Exactly. So we've known all along we are fighting Russia. That's the plan. We'll use Ukraine as a proxy so that we fight Russia in that way. And as you mentioned, John Kirby yeah. saying the exact same thing this weekend. So as we're talking about peace and 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 John Kirby comes out and says that, you know, we can't have we can't have this this ceasefire. It's unacceptable. Any example of this is uh, is unacceptable. And let's listen to John Kirby. This is what he said in case you missed it. Listen. Hey, uh, that if coming out of this meeting, there's some sort of call for a ceasefire. Well, that's just going to be unacceptable because all that's going to do, Mike, is ratify Russia's conquests to date. All that's going to do is give Mr. Putin more time to refit, retrain, reman, uh, and try to, uh, to, to plan for, for renewed off offensives at a time of his choosing. Uh, we hope, and we've said this before, that, Mr. that President Xi will call and talk to President Zelensky because we believe the Chinese need to get the Ukrainian perspective here. Mm -hmm. But that is the plan for Xi Jinping to meet with Ukraine after this summit. Right. And what then is the talking point? Given that Ukraine is behaving, behaving like the battered spouse of the United States, you know, just won't leave them even though they're the ones taking the hits. Right. What is the... What is, how can China talk them into reason? Well, accordingly, I mean, we, we, the same thing that happened last time, right, is that the, 
the United States and Britain sent convoys to Kiev when they were having peace talks with Russia last yes, time. Yes, we know this. Right? So they're doing the exact same thing again. So they're like prepping them. Like, don't under any circumstances take whatever China gives you. Like, we got this. Right. We, we've got this. We're, we're going to send 300,000 troops. We're going to send you more money. We, we've got this. We control you, by the way. All of that money that you keep getting from us will dry up. It will go away if you move any further with peace talks with, with, with Russia. That's going to end. That's exactly what's going to happen. Um, right. So my question is, what kind of carrot does China have to get them to stop behaving in this way? Um, you know, that hmm, just sort of likes the abuse from the battered yeah. spouse that just question? will like, not leave. Yeah. Are, are these other places as dependent on Chinese products as we are? Like, are they dependent on trade and TVs and electronics and stuff as much as we are that they could use that? Well, uh, well, I don't know that, I mean, everyone is dependent on, uh, on that, but I don't know what Ukraine's import infrastructure looks like. We certainly know what their yeah. export infrastructure looks like. We know that the most important part of their land and territory, the 92% of goods and, um, uh, farmland is now under control of the of, of Russia uh, in eastern Ukraine. The most fertile land in the world is now under control of Russia and the manufacturing corridor. And the mines. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, the, the mine, the minerals. The resource exactly. mines. So those are now under control of Russia and eastern Ukraine. So what's left of Ukraine uh, is not that attractive. And and once and once Russia decides to move further and continues to take and takes Odessa and takes any sort of port entry then it's, there's nothing left. And what would you want with that? Um, so I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know what they get from China from an import perspective that makes it, it makes it interesting for them. Go ahead, Philip. What I want to know, like, so you got like John Kirby and, and all these, these like politicians talking about this, but what is the narrative end game? So, cause they're saying like, we're going to defend Ukraine, but but if they're saying there is no peace, so it's like, if we push Russia no. all the way back, well then don't they just get to rest? And then do it again if we ever leave. So it's like, is it is it that we just completely take over and then we're right on Russia's border, or is it that we destroy Russia? Because because no, it's, it's as long change. as Russia exists, yeah, as long as Russia exists, then that's still there. But why isn't that part of the narrative? So their narrative stops short of a, of an endgame. Yeah, they don't mention what the goal is. Well, the goal, and they will never say it. You're not supposed to think about You're that. Not, they're not going to say it. Although Lindsey Graham has said it, it's regime change. They want Putin gone, right? They want a destabilized Russia. The strength now of China and Russia as a hegemony is terrifying to the West. It's terrifying to the United States more perhaps than anything. That's why you're seeing even Europe, basically. I'll, I want to just play this clip because I think this is not play it, read it, um, because it talks about Europe right now in a way and Europe is really sort of identifying itself now with this idea of peace saying you know quietly let's 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 have this peace because we're being screwed by the United States blowing up our pipeline energy energy crisis so the United States wants regime change that's the end game narrative I think um, here's uh, here's Walt uh, Zlauto he is um, he's the president of the Western Peace Coalition writing a great piece in antiwar.com uh, today he writes this, a year ago when NATO member Turkey neared a 15-point negotiated settlement, the U.S. and the U.K. each sent a top official to Kiev, not to request, but to demand that Ukraine President Zelensky walk away to keep fighting. That grotesque demand led to over 100,000 unnecessary Ukrainian deaths over the next year. A third of the Ukraine economy vanished, 6 million left Ukraine, and another 6 million have been relocated. Well, now we know the numbers are closer to 300,000. 
Ukrainian men and boys killed in war, uh, thanks to the United States. So it's over. Um, and the past 24 hours, we've seen Xi and Putin meeting. If she, she and Putin meeting for four hours over this 12-part peace plan. Then you have Walt Zlato saying, um, once again, I want to quote directly from his piece. He says, once again, it's not about ending a war, destroying Ukraine as a functioning state. And God forbid peace be brokered by our other arch enemy China in America's 21st century Cold War that could quickly go nuclear. Outside of the United States and Australia, the rest of the world is cheering on China's peace efforts. Even European NATO countries are likely through, though silently, on board. They're not thrilled about the U.S. blowing up the U.S. the Nord Stream pipeline and tripling their energy costs to degrade Russia. By preventing a March 2022 peace agreement, the U.S. blew a chance for an agreement that would have reverted to the pre-invasion territorial lines. An easily prevented year of war means any new agreement will likely see the annexation of the Donbass provinces and the Ukrainian oblasts of Kherson and Zaporizhia. Once again, the U.S. has overplayed its hand, ensuring it, we don't stumble into nuclear war, the utter ruin of Ukraine, and the demise of U.S. unipolar dominance. Ouch. Also, I mean, uh, you know, and so I think we can really wrap it up by saying th this point that, yes, absolutely, the, the goal for the United States is regime change. They don't want peace at any measure, and they will torpedo any peace talks that come out of this. It totally weakens their hand and shows how weak the U.S. Um, the U.S. led hegemony is right now yeah. in, this, in this move. And it's just so easy for blowhards like that to go on television and say that they, we don't accept peace at this point because when it's not their family members who are risking their lives. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's sort of disconnecting us from the fact that we are all humans, that these are families sending people to die uh, and that peace talks would stop that and curb the bleeding now. Meanwhile, we well, keep... It makes sense why... So I was going to say, it just makes sense why, why people always draw the parallel to Rome because Rome had a very powerful military and they were so confident that that military was going to overtake the world and they fell economically. So it's like, that's where we are. I mean, we're crumbling economically right now, but we still have the gall to think that we have the military might right. to sustain it. Yeah, it's an don't. interesting time, right? When, you know, mm -hmm. the United States is not really able to stand for much in terms of its own fundamentals, like politicians going to jail, financial system collapsing, yet trying to make the case of a dominant world order. Um, so it's it's a really pivotal time right now. Back, backed by a U.S. dollar, right? Yeah. Right. Here, here, take this. It's like it's like a carnival barker, you know, trying to get you to come in and see the bearded lady or something. It's like you know, come on up, step right up, come yeah. in and see the show. Meanwhile, you know, the United States, we keep we keep seeing these stories coming out of Ukraine about human rights abuses. We keep seeing these stories coming out of Ukraine about the you know taking over of of, of the media of uh, arresting priests, um, closing down churches, right? And so we have a new report out today. So the United States uh, State Department released an updated report on human rights in Ukraine. Now this, it reads like an absolute joke. Um, like when your children are in trouble for something and their excuses, but they did it too. 
uh, it is just a big pile of excuses for why Ukraine is corrupt. Now, this is a report that the State Department releases every year about all countries. It's sort of their narrative about who's corrupt and who's not, as if democracy is some sort of kind of like stamp out that we can like judge other countries based on our own ideals of democracy. And if it's working just like us in one place, they get a good grade. If it's working badly in another place, they get a bad grade. So every country gets this report and it was released this week. Um, what we see here is the United States revising previous reports that admitted that Ukraine is a corrupt place with a dangerous faction of civilian armies. Uh, this is called the Security Service of Ukraine. We call it oftentimes the SBU. It's a civilian-led military and intelligence inside of Ukraine. Now, the State Department stopped calling them the SBU in 2020. Up until 2019, it always used that acronym. Um, it's not an acronym. It's an initialism. An acronym is something you can pronounce. Mm. So it would only be an, an acronym if I called it SPEW, which I'm not going to. Uh, so that makes it initialism. Spew. Like Hermione Granger's, right. uh, you know, Elf Rights. Anyway, I've gone on a tangent. Anyway, in 2019, they mentioned the SBU 29 times. In 2020, they just stopped using this acronym. And in 2022, it's gone altogether. But in the report now, they mention Russia 517 times. So they list all of these human rights abuses that Ukraine has been up to and that they've been following every year. Um, but they also released it with this quick follow-up as in Russia did it too. So here is one of the main, like, you know, sort of summaries of it. And they says that all of these things that Ukraine did, uh, there were reports that members of security forces um, abuses, that all of these abuses were done in the context of Russia's full scale in in invasion. So, yes, <laughs> they did bad things, but they did them because of Russia, to which we ask why were they doing bad things in 2019 or in the 2018 report or in right. the 2017 report? So, Don't know. So they, they did it. They did it. But but, you know, for the right reasons. Yes. Right. We, we like I, I embezzled all this money, but I did it for a good cause. It's contextual. I mean, great. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious because if you've seen the human rights abuses videos and we're not going to talk about them here necessarily in great detail and probably get banned for it if we, if we do. But people being duct taped to telephone poles and, and you know, all sorts of horrible things done to them. Um, they're doing that to their own citizens because of Russia. Corruption does not okay. exist in a vacuum. Okay. You know, you have to have I mean, a you, reason. You are, partly, you are partly correct because those people did speak Russian. So. Oh, okay. Uh, many of them did, right? Right. Um, so it, there is this summary of what the bad things are done here. And I'm going to put it up on the screen and not read it because of, you know, some of the social media policies about being pro-Ukraine. Pro, pro but you can see it for yourself. It is a laundry list of violence against civilians, violence against journalists, uh, crimes or threats uh, motivated by anti-Semitism, uh, crimes against people with disabilities, crimes against people's sexualities, arbitrary detention, uh, not freedom of speech. Now, the report says that the government in Ukraine was granted all of these rights to do this, and they're doing it, but it's not comparable to the scope of Russia's abuses. So here's the list of all the things that we say they're doing 
but by no means as bad as Russia, as if that's an excuse. I love that sentence. We list like a hundred things that Ukraine's guilty of. And then, and it says, although not comparable to the scope of Russia's abuses. He did it worse. (laughs) Uh, So this is really the tone that the U.S. State Department is using. Uh, The report says the government in Ukraine was granted martial law because of conflict with Russia, implying that they would not normally do this. So here's this section on torture and other cruel, inhuman or degrading treatment and punishment and other related abuses. Now, here's this year's the 2022 ones. And it says that under normal circumstances, courts cannot legally use confessions and statements made under duress to police by persons in custody as evidence in court proceedings. But the institution of martial law since the Russian invasion permits this. Again, keep this in mind that this I'm showing you is from 2022 report released this week. But then look at the same section in 2019 saying that Ukraine does this that they have been able to uh, verify that they are using confessions and statements made under duress, and that happens. So Yeah, torture is, the, the word torture is there. Yes. They've tortured people to get confessions. So in 2022, they're saying they are doing this only because of Russia. But they also said they were doing it in 2019 when they had not that excuse. And Congressman Ro Khanna specifically uh, t- torpedoed a bill that where we were going to give funding to Ukraine. And he said, because of these, he cited this sp- specific State Department report as a reason to not give money to Ukraine because of human rights abuses. Now, when you go back through all of the things that they say, now they say they're doing it, but they're doing it because of Russia. But again, if you read the report before the conflict began in 2022, these things were still in those reports in the past when there was no scapegoat of Russia. That is true pretty much across the board. Um, Here's the report saying that freedom of expression has been suppressed, but again, because of Russia, because President Zelensky signed a decree imposing martial law when the invasion began, um, which permits further restriction of the media. So before, you know, there was a, a concern about freedom of expression and the media. But now it's because of Russia that the government has banned, blocked or sanctioned media outlets and individual journalists deemed to threat to a threat to national security who express positions of authority, yada, yada, yada. Now, clearly, the U.S., is fine with that because uh, the U.S. wants to keep using crises in order to give themselves power of censorship. We right. see this. We cover it all the time on the show. COVID, um, you know, the election as it related to Hunter Biden, those kind of things are fine to censor. Uh, you know, if you, if there's a crisis to pin it on uh, uh, arbitrary arrest of citizens. Yes, that is happening in Ukraine. The U.S. admits it here. It says that the OHCHR claimed the security services, the security service of Ukraine, which we used to call the SBU, we don't anymore. Oh, they've been rebranded now. uh, May have violated the due process of more than 1,000 individuals. It reportedly arrested between February 24th and May 15th of suspicion of supporting Russia's forces. Now, we've shown you videos here of people, you know, the Associated Press going along with the SBU to break into people's houses because they express support for Russia on social media. Um, that is a violation. It's arbitrary arrest or detention. We showed you that video so on the show and, and we got blocked for it. We we showed you that video of the Associated Press doing that ride along with the SBU. 
like we went along with uh and it was like they were promoting this because it's you know state-run media yeah. as associated press you're pro russia on facebook here you go you're coming in with us and the guy's like what you can i won't i'll delete it i, I don't want to go with you yeah he's like i'm a Ru i'm russian so I'm a Russian, but uh, okay. And they're like, what are you? And it's like, boom, boom, boom. Well, now the State Department says they don't think that's a good thing. It's happening, but Russia, um, because they had to. And they mentioned that in some cases, civilians are carrying out punishment. Uh, now, this is saying in most cases, when there's this sort of extrajudicial punishment of individuals, um, civilians carried out extrajudicial punishments, including... Um, should I not say this out loud? I don't know what you're going to say. Cause the I think, highlighted oh. part. Well, I, I mentioned it that, you know, tying people to, uh, electricity poles and, and yeah. And pulling, you know, pulling off their clothes and, and, and doing horrible things to them. Okay. So civilians carrying this out, you the United see, States state department is saying this happens. You can see those videos all over Twitter. If you want to see them. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of them. Like you can't hide that anymore. Uh, of course, we have been reporting this on this show, and we know that many weapons are from the West are ending up in the hands of civilians and that civilians now are empowered to take matters into their own hands with dire consequences. Um, torturing and captioning cap of captured prisoners. Yes, they say this is happening. But Russia, uh, there were reports of Ukrainian security forces and Russian forces abusing civilians and captured fighters uh, with, of course, the vast majority of them done by Russia. Uh, we don't know why they say this. They don't seem to have proof for it, but they're just saying, yeah, it happens. But mostly the Russians are doing it again. You can rewind the tape to previous reports that were saying this without Russia as a scapegoat, but now they've got it. So they're going to use it. Um, so, and I guess, you know, that makes it okay if Russia did it first. Um, this report just goes on and on. I, I encourage you to read it. Uh, there are entire sections that blame Russia for civilian attacks that we now know were carried out by the Ukrainian army. Uh, freedom of religion? Nope. That's no longer a thing in Ukraine, again, does because it, of Russia. Does it mention the list? Oh. No, uh, I did not see that. that. Kinda, it's no? it's really it's really long, and the it's funny the journalists that they mentioned they do not mention um, Gonzalo Lira, who was detained, who is an American. Is he a citizen or he's a resident? He's a citizen and a Chilean citizen too. Um, he has dual citizenship. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so they sort of cherry pick who they've decided they're upset about. Uh, what did I just mention? Freedom of religion, government corruption. Yes. The state department does say that corruption in the government is a problem. They don't mention Zelensky. They do mention, they say that he was elected in what they considered was a fair election. Um, but they, you know, want us to continue to think that their government is worthy of like the Oscars and the, you know, Congress, congressional, addresses and the celebrity vogue uh, says the government generally did not take adequate steps to prosecute or punish officials who committed abuse, resulting in a climate of impunity. The government did take some steps to identify, prosecute and punish officials involved in corruption. So th these are two opposing sentences, don't you say? The, the government generally did not take adequate steps but they took some steps. <laughs> Stupidest sentences I've ever seen. <laughs> Government speak. Yeah. yeah. They, they didn't do enough, but they did enough. But they did something. They did some things. And Russia. Yes. Uh, now, are we saying Russia did not do these things? We're not saying that. This is, a, this is an investigation based on the U.S. State Department. Are we saying Ukraine should get a pass? No. This is a big pile of excuses. And you should never accept excuses in life. 
I'm going to say that unequivocally, unequivocally excuses should never be accepted. Um, And I'm questioning why the State Department wants to give Ukraine this whole big document full of excuses for corruption when reportedly we're there to protect democracy. Uh, And why is the United States then using this as an excuse to then continue aid in Ukraine as it did just commit $350 million in extra aid um, just announced yesterday uh, in the run-up for this expected spring offensive. Well, they want regime change and they want to use Ukraine as a proxy um, because of Russia. Russia, Russia. I guess you're not supposed to like read the document and then read previous years and say, but this corruption existed before you had Russia to stick into these paragraphs. I mean, what about Bill Gates in the uh, just a few weeks ago saying publicly that Ukraine is one of the most corrupt governments in the world and you would never want to do business there? And like that was Bill Gates, whose Microsoft literally runs all of the servers for the Ukrainian government. Yeah. Like, okay. And he still makes $20 billion from them. Yeah. A way that you can find information, because if you go to Google right now and you search war in Ukraine or anything on Ukraine, you get all this propaganda. But if you say corrupt Ukraine 2013, put a year on it, you'll find the articles that were written back then about it being the most corrupt, about the, you know, the Hydra agents and all that stuff. Like you can find all of that if you tie a year to your search. You don't even have to go back that far. I mean, this was a talking point as recently as 2020. You really saw mm-hmm. that it the report turns over if you read them in 2021. But up until 2020, when they stopped using the SBU initialism, uh, it, it was it was pretty clear that the United States felt like pro- Ukraine is a very problematic state. Yeah. Well, we've got more news to get to on this Tuesday. We're going to look at the filleting of uh, Fauci, of the fillet of Fauci. Um, This is an amazing piece of video. You're going to want to see that. And the context surrounding this video is even more interesting. We'll show you that. We're also going to look at the latest with the Fed meeting, um, and that's coming up. But first... Uh, If you sleep hot at night, you know just how disruptive it can be, whether you're having trouble falling asleep or waking up sweating in the middle of the night or all of the above, that's where GhostBed can help. As the makers of the coolest beds in the world, GhostBed is your go-to for a cooling mattress, cooling pillows, and even cooling bedding, especially now that the thaw is coming and you may still have your linen sheets on, you wake up in a hot sweat, this is a problem. Uh, So that's why you should check these out to see if that can help solve your problem. From their signature ghost ice fabric to patented technology that adjusts with your body temperature, Every ghost bag mattress is designed with cooling in mind. So whether you want a plusher mattress that cushions your shoulders and hips or a firmer option with exceptional support, your ghost bed will keep you cool and comfortable all night long. So if you're ready to upgrade your sleep, visit ghostbed.com redacted. Use promo code redacted at checkout to get 30% off mattresses. Plus get two luxury pillows and other freebies. That's ghostbed.com redacted with promo code redacted. And we got a bunch of new rebels joining. If you guys subscribe while we're live here, your name will pop up on the big screen. I just saw uh, Peter, uh, who became a new redacted rebel. Again, hit that subscribe button. I noticed in the analytics, 70% of you are subscribed. That means 30% of you are not, but you watch the show. Just hit that subscribe button. And once a month, YouTube does something fishy to independent media channels like ours. They unsubscribe you. 
they decide that you shouldn't be watching this content and then they unsubscribe you. If that's happened to you, please make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Rumble does not do that. If you're watching us on Rumble right now, um, hopefully they don't do that. Rumble is a, f a censorship uh, free platform. So if you subscribe over there, you should be good to go. But wherever you're subscribed, make sure it's your choice not YouTube's choice to unsubscribe you. And it's free. It's not a paid subscription. You can just sort of hit it and quit it. That's right. Hit it and quit it. Uh, let's hit this and quit it. Let's talk about the Fed meeting. So in just 24 hours, we have a make or break moment um, and everything could change really in the U.S. economy based on what the Fed decides. Everyone is waiting with bated breath. What will the Fed do? So more on that piece of it in a minute. But first... It's your fault. It's your fault, guys, um, that banks are collapsing. Did you know that? It's your fault that you want your own money out of your own banks. You're the problem, according to the criminal bankers and politicians running this clown show. Those are the words basically coming out of the mouths of the CEO of Credit Suisse, which just collapsed. It's the big bank that just collapsed, losing billions in deposits for its clients. And by the way, we should point out Credit Suisse has been on the decline for like a decade now. So the trajectory for Credit Suisse has been there, and but they want to blame you. Um, asked by a reporter yesterday, hey, what caused this collapse? The CEO of Credit Suisse had the balls to blame social media and Twitter and people who are worried about their money um, you know, because of a collapse. So it's your fault. It's Twitter's fault. It's people talking about their own money. It's your fault. Watch. Who is responsible for this disaster? Schauen Sie. Well, look, hindsight is wonderful. And to point a finger, it's a fact that since 2021, with Ajedo, so we never left the headlines. We were overtaken by legacy situations, by risks that materialized last year. We were affected by a market model that does no longer work in this market environment, and many clients have been very loyal for a very long time. And last autumn, we had this social media storm, and this had huge repercussions, more in the retail sector than in the wholesale sector, and too much becomes too much. And that's when we reach this point. It's accumulation of various facts that contributed to one another and then materialized at some point. So it's social media. It's people talking on Twitter and who are concerned about their money and then went and wanted to take money out of the bank. So it's your fault. It's your fault that, you know, and Twitter's fault, basically, that your entire industry is built on a lie. This whole banking industry is built on a lie. Uh, a bank should never say too much is too much. Like <laughs> right. every single unit of currency should be accounted for. There should not be too much that you want of your currency inside the bank. No, it's That's your fault. That's a terrifying thing to it's say. It's your fault that you put a hundred bucks in the bank and you want to get your hundred bucks out. That's your fault. That's too much is too much. Because the real secret, of course, is that 
they don't have any of your money, right? So That's then the how truth. much is too much for you to want of your own money? 50%? You're not even supposed to talk about how much you want. Like not even, not even 10% because they don't have that either. So you're not allowed to talk about it. And if you're concerned about it on social media, then you're causing other people to also be concerned about it about their own money in their own bank and it's your fault hmm. too much is too much they say it's not I mean, your technically own money. with fractional with yeah. fractional banking your dollar is negative ten dollars i mean at least it yeah. it should be right like it, it, they can loan out 10 times what you give them yeah here's a tweet that i think he nails it listen to this operation libratas says translation we no longer have control of the narrative through legacy media, corporate press, and people are starting to learn the truth about our corrupt global fractional reserve system. What David's talking about, of course, is fractional reserve banking, which is you put $100 into a bank, they only have to keep 10% of it. 10% is historically what they had to keep. They could lend out the other 90 in the form of mortgages and loans and everything else. And they only had to keep 10% on file, right? Now, during COVID 2020, the law was changed to zero. They don't have to keep 10%. They, don't, they, only have, they have to keep zero of your money. You bring $100 to them, they don't even have to keep 10% of it on, the, on file. So what happens when all, all these people suddenly want their money back? Well, guess what? They don't have it because they do risky investments. Right. The, and we know this from the FDIC meeting, the FDIC meeting with the leaked video where the FDIC admits that the banking industry is a joke built on a house of lies. They also admit during that meeting that it, it's best we don't tell the masses of people about this because if they find out, they may actually want their money back. So only tell the rich people, only tell the billionaires or they'll probably have a legal team that's sophisticated enough to figure it out. But please don't tell anybody about it. Don't use social media to let the cat out of the bag. And today we're seeing this fallout spreading to small regional banks and credit unions. Many of you have actually been emailing us asking about credit unions. People are saying, well, I bank at a credit union. Am I okay? Well, we've had, uh, we've, um, we at Redacted have been hearing from a number of different people who work at credit unions uh, that there are being laid off. There's layoffs happening across the board at a number of different credit unions. One particular credit union employee wrote to us saying that she discovered that the credit union she worked for was $2 million in the red. And then when she confronted her boss about it, uh, what are we going to do about this? Um, he said, basically, she's like, how are we going to correct this? He said, we're going to have to lay people off. And that's exactly what happened. She lost her job. So she was a person that lost her job. Um, and how many more people are being laid off because they can't balance their books. So this is happening at small regional banks um, and credit unions across the country with the rise of interest rates. And these banks have been crushed because they rely so heavily on local mortgages, right? So a lot of these small banks rely on these mortgages. Here's the Wall Street Journal this morning with this piece. SVB collapse shows smaller banks can pose risks in numbers. And what they point out in this piece is that for 15 years, regulators and legislators have assumed that the biggest risks to the financial system came from a handful of too big to fail banks. Little did they think that all those little banks with a few billion here and a few billion there would add up to a lot of billions. So when those start to fall, they've been focused on the wrong fish, right? They've been looking at the big guys when in fact, wait a minute, if all of the little guys fall, all of those little dominoes fall. That's a lot of money. And that's a lot of communities that will be screwed and small businesses that have small business loans, all sorts of things through these small community banks. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and that's what, what ends up happening crisis. is, yeah. And what ends up happening is 
these little banks are making actual investments into the community. They're the ones loaning your houses. They're the ones credit unions are doing loans for cars and stuff like that at better interest rates. Then when this happens and these big banks that have all the money, they swoop in and buy these little banks. And then all of a sudden now you're in a fractional banking system because they just like opened up the market for them. To, like there was a right. Washington mutual bank and all these little yeah. banks that, that I really enjoyed being part of that just got sucked up in the, in the, the bailout and became part of Chase and Bank of America. So they just keep getting bigger and they keep getting rid of these little banks. Yeah. I feel like it's design by design. Well, well, a lot of times when you bank with a small bank, they sell your loan anyway, and they in order to make money on it, and they sell it into a larger banking system, um, which is allowed. But the there's a compendium of smaller banks that have been pushing back against increasing regulation and increasing reporting requirements that the Biden administration continues to want to push back and say, this is going to put us out of business. The big banks can do it, but we can't. So there does seem to be an appetite from the Biden administration uh, to unduly burden small community banks and by extension, then small business. Yeah. As Peter Schiff says, this is a banking crisis, however you want to slice it. The media is reluctant to call what's happening with banks a financial crisis as they do not want to invite comparisons to 2008. But the 2008 financial crisis was also a banking crisis. Not only is the current crisis a sequel to 2008, but like all sequels, it will be much worse, except for The Godfather. Godfather 2 is And apparently good. John Wick. John Wick. John yeah. Wick 4 is the highest rated now in the franchise. So, um, so not, not all sequels. All sequels doesn't, it, suck. doesn't it seem more logical then that you would let the big banks fail and prop up the little ones if they're the majority of the problem here? Like, no, because as Carol Roth points out in her great book, The War on Small Business, because small businesses are wily and you cannot control them. Uh, the government wants to make broad strokes, as you've seen, uh, the way they control the conversation, not through sort of next door or what have you. They control the conversation through Twitter. And the Fed even admitted this. Remember, guys, back a few years ago when we were getting the stimulus plans and, of course, the Fed, Federal Reserve had that that small banking facility that they put out there, the small business facility. They created some of these like community facilities and they admitted they're like, no one's using them. Uh, we're trying to figure out how to reach these small businesses. We just don't have the mechanisms to talk to these small businesses. We just don't know how to talk to them and get in front of them and let them know that they have these things available. It's very easy for us to just walk down the street to J.P. Morgan Chase. Yeah, I have that guy on my speed dial. But these small little communities, you know, little hair salons and play, they, we don't know who they are. Yeah, Federal Reserve was admitting to this, to your point. So if you believe this is all part of the plan, like we here at Redacted do, and just like what David was talking about, consolidate power, um, take, this, take the power of the small banks, put the power in the hands of a few big New York banks, then you won't be surprised what happens tomorrow if the Federal Reserve raises rates. Because if they do that, that will crush a lot of these small banks who rely on these mortgages. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen last week gave us a preview of exactly what we'll see when she admitted they were perfectly happy, you know, bailing out billionaires in Silicon Valley. But when pressed on, hey, what about all these small banks in Oklahoma, as one member of Congress was asking in his backyard, um, how are they going to be protected? Here was her response. Will the deposits in every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of their size, be fully insured now? Are they fully recovered? Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, will they get the same treatment that SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got? A bank only gets that 
treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determine that the failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. So what is and your we plan? Make that determination. Right. right. So, so what is your banks. plan to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks? We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade. I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole. But if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. Um, look, I mean, we're, that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening right now. That is happening because that's that, uh, that's your how treasury. do people like that ascend to power? That's your treasury secretary <laughs> yeah, well, of the United States. Well, what I what I heard that that first answer when when he's like, "How do you determine?" And they're like, "Well, the supermajority of the of the of the board." Like she's basically saying, "It just really depends on how many of the ultra wealthy are gonna are gonna be inconvenienced out of this. Yeah. If, yeah. if a bunch of ultra wealthy are gonna be uh, hurt hurt with this, then yeah, we'll we'll completely bail them out. But if only like." marginally wealthy people are going to be hurt by this screw them yeah and, and basically she's like if i get a phone call from the president because you know she got a phone call from somebody at jp morgan and then that's when i in consultation with the president decide and make that determination so you're telling me all these little small banks in oklahoma are they going to rise to the level of getting you on the phone no they're not these people are screwed and these small banks are screwed. And that's exactly what's happening right now. So in the past week, the Fed added $300 billion to its balance sheets. Look at this. The past week, $300 billion. So to absorb these large bank problems, Silicon Valley Bank, right? And paying off Silicon Valley Bank. So tomorrow, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell uh, can tilt the world into a recession or depression. He can literally, he can will, he can, um, he can, he can forever change the status of the dollar, and we'll have to face brutal questioning, of course, about the bailouts and about missing the the systemic risks. How did you guys miss this? How did you not see this? Um, the truth is actually more complicated than all of that. When the Fed did their stress tests on the bank, this is amazing. They didn't even test for this shit. So they basically tested a scenario that is actually pretty laughable. Listen to this. It's like, they, it's like one of those crappy PCR tests that they were using during COVID. And we give a positive result by just by swabbing like underneath a monkey's armpit. Like it'll just give you a positive result no matter what. Here's what they tested for. They tested what would happen if inflation falls to 1.25%. Okay, it was around two for years. What would happen if it falls to 1.25% and interest rates drop to zero. That was their test. Seriously, they never tested for what we're seeing now, which is skyrocketing inflation and interest rates at 7%. Wow. They did the opposite. They're like, what would happen if we started to look like Europe? I mean, given that we were in almost double digits most of the 2022, you'd think they would just quickly run some models. Yeah. Like napkin back of the napkin novel no yeah this morning i just finished reading an amazing newsletter report i subscribe to them on the fed policies and their significant structural problems i'll have a link to their newsletter report in the description it's really good one of the things that this fed watcher uh 
uh, points out in this report is that the Fed is chasing trends. Regardless of what you think about the Fed, and I think we should abolish the Fed. I've been pretty vocal about that. The Fed is chasing trends that are impossible to reverse. You got to read this report. Anyway, I think it's very, very important because the U.S. dollar is basically built on a lie. And no amount of Fed movement is going to change that. This lie still exists even if the rates move up or down. It doesn't matter. The fundamentals are there. If the Fed raises interest rates tomorrow, they officially kill the small banks that rely on mortgages. That means first-time homebuyers can't afford a mortgage. The housing market grinds to a halt. In April, April and May, two of the best houses, two of the best months for housing, right? You're going to see more houses go on the market in April and May. That's usually when the best time to sell a house is, right? Also the best time to buy a house and you get in bidding wars. It's kind of crazy. Um, and it's going to make retirement a hell of a lot more difficult for people. Uh, this is punishing the 401k plan if, the, if Powell raises rates tomorrow. It makes credit more expensive, which lowers the valuations of stocks and bonds um, and if Powell doesn't raise rates tomorrow and they stay the same, then, of course, inflation remains strong. They continue to print money. In other words, the Fed is painted into a corner that they can't get out of. They waited too long to raise rates. They waited too long to pull back on printing money. It was always going to be painful. But now they made it that much worse by waiting to do anything about it. So I, I'll ask you guys the question. Do you think they're going to protect your 401k tomorrow? Do you think that they or your mortgage or do you think that they're going to protect the big banks tomorrow? Like, that's the big question. Let me know in Here the comments in below. <laughs> Here in the United States, do you think they're, they're going to protect they're protecting you? their pensions? They're protecting all that. Yeah. yeah, but they won't protect us in that way. Uh, I think the Monopoly board sums up our banking system perfectly. Here it is. This is a Monopoly rule. If you open up the Monopoly board and you ask the question, well, what if the bank runs out of money? Some players think the bank is bankrupt if it runs out of money. The bank never goes bankrupt. To continue playing, use slips of paper to keep track of each player's banking transactions until the bank has had enough, enough paper money to operate again. The banker may also issue, quote, new money on slips of ordinary paper. Okay. That's the Monopoly board, which sums up our entire banking industry in the United States perfectly well. I mean, I just want to treat life like a game like that from yeah. now on. Be like, hmm. Oh, I got some paper. What it is, what it is. Oh, we don't have any money? Well, I'm just going to start, let me just I'm draw start buying on groceries that way. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to declare that I never run out of money. And so anytime I want to buy something, I'm just going to be like, oh, actually, here, this is some paper. It's just you hang on to this, and when I have money, I'll give it to you. It's an IOU. This is good. It's like in Dumb and Dumber when, you know, they have all the IOUs. It's like, it's, it's, it's basically just the same thing. It's as good as the money. Oh, yeah. You know, here's just a box of IOUs. What is this? Yeah. Oh, I'm good for that. I'm good for that. We've got more news to get to here on your Taco Tuesday. Uh, we're going to look at the filet of Fauci. And um, I don't know, should we hold the fluoride story? Maybe we're, we're kind of long today. Maybe we'll hold that. Or do you want to get to it? I don't care. Whatever you want. Okay. We can keep it for tomorrow. Sure. Okay. We'll get to that because I think it's a really, we're running out of time and we're going along with all of the, all of the big news. So we'll, we'll hold that for, story for tomorrow. Um, but first, why don't we tell you about our friends over at Indeed? The thing about running your own business is every single hire counts. No hiring partner understands that like Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed's instant match assessments and virtual interviews. 
You hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed makes it so easy. In fact, when we were using them, it's, you know, what you do is you post a job and then you're getting all of these matches. You don't have to dig through all of these resumes and waste tons of time. It really, really is three times more likely you're going to find one of these matches. They're going to apply for your job than candidates who only see it in a search bar. So it's really great. Their instant match is fantastic. Indeed knows when you're growing your business and you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So in the minute we've been talking to you, 16 hires have been made. That's right. 16 hires, according to Indeed data worldwide. So Indeed knows that you need to be cost effective when you're running your own business. Visit Indeed.com slash redacted to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash redacted. Indeed.com slash redacted. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right. Well, I didn't mean I don't care about okay. doing the story. Uh, so we will tell you about the story that, about um, a new report out about the contraindications of fluoride in public water. Um, I do very much care. Okay. But we will hold it because we don't want to keep you for too long. And also, I have to go to the little girl's room. Okay. Uh, but first, let's tell you about this. We, this incredible footage um, going viral on social media. And... You know, obviously we know now the lengths that the pharmaceutical companies were working with the federal government. Do you want to address some of this? I mean, the cooperation on the advertisement, the the pushing of social media narratives. We saw it in the Twitter files, right? So there was a lot of money being spent cooperatively to push a narrative to go out and get vaccines like these vaccine drives, right? Well, we know that social media companies gave uh, the government millions of dollars of free advertising in order to promote the vaccine. We know that the government was working actively with those social media companies at the same time to suppress any vaccine hesitancy, or as we covered yesterday, just simple questions about the vaccine. And we also now know that some of the patents were owned by government agencies and that those government agencies now will get kickbacks from the sale of the vaccine. So it's clear that promoting the vaccine was very heavily connected to profit. Absolutely. And so we saw, of course, big drives to go out and vaccine push, you know, signs everywhere and community buses and like you know, things, centers set up all over the place where you can go and get a vaccine. Well, there's some incredible footage of Dr. Fauci going viral on social media because it's part of a PBS documentary on Fauci. It's like a propaganda piece put out by the deep state. Uh, PBS, of course, um, as we've highlighted here on the show, is is literally an extension of the federal government. It's it's funded by taxpayers in large part, but it is a propaganda arm, uh, just like uh, the Associated Press is of the federal government, as our piece with Dan Cohen points out. So this incredible footage of of Fauci explaining, along with Mayor uh, Muriel Bowser of Washington, D.C., they're going door to door trying to get people to get the covid vaccine like we're going to come to your door. And we're literally just going to give you the vaccine. How are you doing with the vaccine? We got them right here. You ready for one? I've got a whole stash of them right here. We'll give them to you right now. In this video clip from this PBS documentary, which is going to air tonight, um, Biden's COVID, COVID advisors basically um, are arguing with D.C. residents about, about these vaccines and weren't expecting, I don't think, 
some of these people in, 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 in these neighborhoods to push back and saying, who followed the science here? Like what I'm hearing, why are you having to sell me on this thing? If this is so good, then why are you out here having to push this on me? Watch this unbelievable moment now with Dr. Fauci being filleted by a D.C. resident who doesn't want to get the vaccine. Watch. People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to well, it, it used to take years. Okay, it used to. You know how you know how many years were invested in this in this approach? About twenty years of science to get us to be able to do it. Twenty years is not quickly. enough, and nine months is definitely not no. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. The only yeah. reason I'm talking to you right now, as close as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if it allows thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu then, right? And, and not like, not it's like much more serious flu. than the flu. Though. Well, the flu kills a lot of people annually, yeah. too. You know how many people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to 30,000. You know how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 Americans. Well, you, well, that, well the, the number that you all given that died, that's, that's once again, that's you all's number. You gonna pass. Yeah, definitely. Because right. when, when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. Something yeah, else, something it, else going I, on. It with is that. something going yeah. on. With something else You're right. But I'm glad millions of people like me and almost everybody here didn't get an incentive. You know what their incentive was? Protecting their health and protecting the city. Well, but that, I, I, well, I won't keep okay, you anymore. It's okay, because my, 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 my incentive y'all campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is. <laughs> Can I just say that oh the only God. reason this video made the light of day is because they think they owned that guy? Yeah, and I think that they were yeah. playing into the stereotype of that black people were vaccine hesitant. Um, I, I mean, I haven't seen the, the but I, I, that was very much a conversation that happened online. Oh, yeah, I remember covering that part of it. And I love, he says, something else is going on here. Some, yeah. The fact that you're having to pay people to go, we're going to give you money? We're going to give you money, a check in this community. If you get this vaccine, something else is going on here. And she's like, yeah, something else is going on here. But so she admits something else else is going on here. You know, maybe not in the way that she intended. Another piece of video that's come out of this is amazing. I added some subtitles here um, because it's a little quiet. So uh, I forgive me, but it's uh, it's Dr. Fauci again um, talking about the concern, basically, of Republican states, red states. He might as well just say it. Um, that don't want to get vaccinated. And we've got to really figure out a way to push them on this. We need to break that. Watch this. What are we going to do about those other states? Oh, my God. They're going to keep the outbreak smoldering in the country. It's so crazy. I mean, they're not doing it because they say they don't want to do it. They're Republicans. They don't like to be told what to do. And we got to break that, you know, unpack that. How you guys doing with vaccine? Oh, unbelievable just disgusting it really 
Yeah, and I think it's interesting because this happened. I don't know how old this video actually is. I think it's about two years old now at this point, or a year and a half, two years old. Um, that the fact that he had that awareness, right, to be able to stand up there and say that to her and to Dr. Fauci on your front doorstep. But like it that. almost doesn't matter because Pfizer has admitted that they never had information that showed that the vaccine prevents contraction, that the vaccine prevents the spread, which means that he never had data to say that. Right. So if he's saying they're going to keep the pandemic smoldering, he's indicating it's because they won't be able to stop the spread because they're refusing the vaccine. He never had any data to say that. We know oh, this I, now. I'm sorry. I was conflating the two sound. I meant the, the other guy on the doorsteps shouting them down. He didn't have that. He two years ago. had. No, I'm talking about Fauci. Fauci. He yeah. did not have the data to suggest that refusing vaccination would keep the pandemic smoldering. Right. Yeah. He, he never had that data. And so... And by the way, which states ended up doing the best? Right. Think about it, right? And I also love mm -hmm. the, just the, you know, the backdrop of these, these guys there that are walking with them, like the security people and all that sort of walking with them um, and the poll workers or whatever. The one guy has on two masks mm -hmm. and Fauci has no mask on. Like, where's the science in that then? Right? Because... You were telling us at the beginning, no masks. And then you're telling us, yeah, absolutely mask. Anytime you're out in a group of people, you want to wear masks. So why is he okay to not be wearing well, masks? Well, because, it, you know, I can sort of pinpoint this timing of this is mid-2021. This is my estimation. But um, around that time, the narrative was you don't have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. Even Disney had that policy. Right. Come on into the park and only unvaccinated people should wear masks. We now know there was no science around that, around masking as it relates to vaccination. Um, but I think that what they're trying to point at this time, and we are going to forget that this was, these were the talking points and what we've been through. Um, I hope but we at don't. the time, this was the propaganda that I can only be unmasked because I'm vaccinated and you can't because yeah. you are not. I mean, I, I hope we don't forget this stuff. I mean, this is so important well, that we don't ever repeat this stuff again is for us to catalog it and point this stuff out and remind people of it. It's like, frankly, it's like, you know, it's it's like what happened in World War II. So, you know, you don't you, you never stop talking about what happened at Auschwitz because, you know, the moment you stop talking about it, you start sweeping it under the rug, then you get deniers that it ever happened. Right. Yeah. And that's awful. Go ahead, David. Well, I was just going to say, and you and you know damn well that they did a lot of research, then went to houses that they figured were all going to be, you know, Democrat and you know very yeah. willing. It's, it's to Washington D.C. Everyone's yeah, exactly. a Democrat, right? Well, they uh, were not expecting that guy to walk out of that house. <laughs> yeah. Well, in fact, just today, the Epic Times uh, did a piece about how the CDC bought phone data to m monitor Americans' compliance with lockdowns. We have reported on that as it related to the election, how certain politicians used this. Uh, but they knew all along, based on phone records of who was complying with lockdown, who was vaccinated, and they, they knew who to target based on geolocation of your technology. Unbelievable. Well, it's no secret. If you're tuned in, then you know experts are predicting a recession, recession heading our way. Layoffs are already happening. Government is ready to print more money, further devaluing the U.S. dollar. Last year was terrible for most investors. 2023 could be even worse. That is, unless you were smart and you invested in gold, then you were protected from loss while other investments fell. And if the experts are right and we get hit with a recession, 2023 is going to look even better for gold. We just saw gold crest $2,000 for the first time. 
time, a new record for gold and silver. If you're interested right now in investing in gold, the folks at Lear Capital will help you get started purchasing precious metals or converting part of your IRA or your 401k into gold and into a silver IRA. You can call Lear Capital today at 1-800-613-3557 or go to learredacted.com. And right now, if you actually buy one ounce of gold, Lear Capital is giving away a free ounce of silver. That's incredible. Literally free silver that can help you, that you can keep or you can sell immediately. You can do whatever you want with it. There are a lot of gold companies to choose from, and Lear Capital has over 25 years of experience, thousands of five-star reviews, and a risk-free guarantee that gives you 24 hours to review your purchase before committing to it. Lear Capital is a top choice when buying gold and silver, so you can call them 1-800-613-3557 or go to learredacted.com and get your free ounce of silver when you buy one ounce of gold. That's learredacted.com. So thanks so much, guys, for joining us. We really appreciate it. We should mention that the storefront, we have, um, we have a few more days to get our, our compli- uh, silence equals complicity t-shirt, which is um, our special anti-war t-shirt through the end of the month. This is a limited run of the shirt. Silence equals complicity. It's been a hot seller, so uh, definitely grab it if you want to. That's at redactedstore.com. Head on over there and support independent journalism. Um, we don't make very much money on these at all, um, the printing costs. Uh, so it does help us a little bit, um, but we don't. it's not like we're cleaning up on any of this stuff. But we really try to keep our prices right near cost, so we just uh, make a little bit to support the channel. You can support independent merchant. Uh, in, excuse me. You can support independent journalism by grabbing some redacted merch. Again, redactedstore.com is the place to go for that. All right. Well, we will see you back here tomorrow with that fluoride story. I promise. Uh, and once again, we will be in this shifted time for those of you who did not change times two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. Uh, we should be all synced up after Sunday. So thank you for finding us whenever you can. Be sure to subscribe. Hit that like button. Tell your friends. Uh, it's redacted.inc if you want to find out more. And thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Bye now. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com audioboom, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. 